0: Hello, welcome everybody to Talk with Joe Meyer, or just Talk with Joe Meyer, I should say. Welcome to another podcast here today, one that um, is going to really just focus on a lot of different topics today like I normally do, but um, more particularly maybe faith um, for those who are listening in and, you know, maybe feel like, oh, well, I don't really want to hear a conversation about faith, you know, Um, and then if you don't, you're free to tune out, right? But hopefully you'll listen and and hear what I have to say. Let's just start off with uh, current events of the day, right? (laughs) We'll start off there, just to get things rolling. Um, Tough week uh, uh, behind me, you know, it was a tough week simply because um i've been at my job for about six months now really trying to learn a new industry and it has not been easy the the field that i'm in right now is is considered real estate um, title so it's something completely new but the company itself that i work for it's um it's a company that i've been i've known about for many years since i was in college i actually had um graduates who graduated with me went to work for that company um a company that i've always really wanted to work for um and i have applied over the years but to be honest um the job never you know never came along it just wasn't the right time i guess you know so Um, This was the time it really took shape. But, you know, it's a very small team because I work in teams. And being able to work with a close group of people. I have a supervisor, obviously. I have a couple of coworkers I work closely with in my own division. I also have um, individuals that I work offshore, you know, in the Philippines, India, you know, uh, Dominican Republic. So I, I work with a variety of different teams offshore. That you know, in a way, I'm I'm what's considered like a coordinator. It's my job to coordinate tasks to make sure things get done involving um, complex real estate transactions. And it's not necessarily like in sales or anything. Um, it's more about products that are used in real estate transactions that are very important to the process. Um, so there's a lot of moving pieces around, but being there for six months, I've learned a lot, you know, I've learned to really get to know people. I've learned who I may butt heads with, who maybe just will not like me, who cons- who I consider genuine people, who I consider difficult, um, you know, and I try to adjust how I approach people, um. In my career and in my life, people, for some reason, some don't like me, and I don't expect everybody to like me. You know, um, I'm always feel I'm being respectful. I'm always being kind towards people, considerate, empathetic, and and try to be there for people. I, I'm a connector, which means that. I like to have some form of human connection with people. I don't like to feel like this stagnant of just sit at my desk, do my work, focus on my work, and not try to have any human contact, relationships with people. Now, I'm not saying that, oh, I have to be BFFs or best friends with people at work. No. And I, I kind of discourage that. But I, I still feel I need some type of, you know... um, Friendship in a way, you know, where I feel like I, people I can get to know and trust and feel like I'm part of a uh, a group or a unit of people that want to be around each other. Um, so it's just this week and it seems like in the last couple weeks I've been butting heads with one person who, um, she's a younger female, um, millennial probably, you know, headstrong, intelligent, hardworking. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong, you know, but you know, there are certain skills that people miss out on that I think that, um, this person doesn't have, right? They're called soft skills, right? So soft skills are not only include leadership. Um, they include, you know, teamwork. Um, there's a lot of buzzwords out there, but I would say, look it up, right? There, there's many people these days don't seem to have a lot of soft skills. And you know, why would they? They're it's not something that people pick up in school these days. It's not something that's taught. Um it, it's something that I think that definitely that people need to learn. And but you know, when it comes to soft skills, I think many times parents don't even teach their kids soft skills, right? I mean, every parent in this world teaches their child something different how to treat people what to value and eventually children grow up to value what they consider to be important you know so if kids value work yeah they're gonna push 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 if parents have were pushing in them from day one you know you need to go to work you need to work hard you need to step on the necks of people to get ahead in this life and that's the way you do it right And there's people out there that tell their kids that every day, you know. Some are, no, you know, you need to show compassion towards people. You need to be empathetic. You need to not think about yourself so much, you know. Um, You need to make sure that, yeah, you have a place to go. You have a path, your direction, which I all believe we all have a path to get somewhere, right? Um, We all have a path in our career, in our life, personal lives. We all have a path. You know, um, just depending how we get there, they're all different, right? So, you know, I had a path or I have a path, my path, you know, it's taken some turns over the years, (laughs) like some people's, some more than others. Um, but my path, you know, it's, it's been keep pressing on, keep pressing on, um, Change, Joseph, change. Um, Because growing up, I was very naive. I was very passive. um, And that's because of just how I grew up. You know, I grew up with a grandfather telling me to shut up. To sit down. To do as you're told. Don't talk back. You know calling me stupid, calling me vulgar names growing up, right? So, yeah, eventually my perspective self-esteem would be at a different level than most children who grow up in a very positive environment. Now, I'm not saying that every child has to grow up in a positive environment every single day. That's not possible. But when you're growing up in a situation where you have somebody who does not change, who tells you the same things over and over and over again you start to believe it you start to believe you're stupid you start to believe you're worthless you start to believe you have no value and then you grow up and then you go into the world and then you ex- you hope that people will validate you in some way tell you you you're doing a good job once in a while tell you you know you're on the right path you know In my case, I have not had too many people have done that in my life, to be honest. Maybe I haven't done anything too spectacular, to be honest with you. You know, maybe the jobs I've had, the career I've had, if you look at it on paper, it looks okay. But it's not spectacular. It's not like, wow, you know, this guy is like, this guy's resume just blows me away. You know, it's not like that. I have a very average resume, I think. You know, yes, I have a bachelor's, I have a master's, which I, I'm proud of those accomplishments. But when it comes to the career side of it, I probably haven't gone as far as I wish I had, you know? And I've tried. I've really tried. But there's been many different factors that have caused failures, caused me to move up, you know? Um, it, could, it could be partly me, physically. It could be my face, it could be my ethnicity, it could be whatever. I'm not white, really. Um, I have a white family background, but I have, you know, uh, Hispanic blood. You know, Gutierrez, you know, as one of my family's last names. You know, but um, and then I have Meyer, which is, you know, obviously not Hispanic. <laughs> um, so I have a lot of different you know, uh, a history in in my family, you know. But preferably I wish I had been more white, you know, to be honest. I maybe would have gotten more farther in this life if I had been, right? Um, People who look at me, you know, I don't know what people think of me. I've stopped trying, you know, over since my early 20s, late, early 30s. I used to care about that, you know, what people thought of me. You know, what 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 are when some when I look at somebody, you know, what are they thinking of me? They think I'm some idiot, they think I'm a moron, um they think I'm incompetent. What do they think of me when they look at my face? You know? I don't know. And people have told me, you know, Joseph, they're not thinking of you. They don't care about you. They're they don't they could care less. And and yeah, I like to believe that. It it but for many years I did believe that. That people were thinking things of me. You know? Um I think personally, you know, I wasn't woke or woken up back then, in early in my 20s. I just wasn't aware of things. I was very naive. Um, I was alone a lot, you know. I didn't really have a lot of physical contact with people in a sense, like friendships, real friendships. You know, girlfriends, things like that too. I didn't have a lot of that. Um, I was pretty much alone, you know. Um, dwelling in my depression at times. So it was difficult it was a difficult time and and you know until i came into my faith and then meeting my wife and my daughter coming along then i started to wake up a little bit more and you know love does a a very serious thing in your life a good thing too it can be negative at times but love wakes you up. It sparks something in you that many people feel like they're asleep at times and then love comes along and they kind of wake up and they have somebody telling them or guiding them to 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 help them make them better things that maybe each of us maybe don't see within ourselves and we and then somebody comes along and says, "Hey, Joseph, you know, um maybe there's this that's the problem you have, right?" So, it, one of the problems I've ever had is I've never been really assertive with people. I've never really fought back. And when I did try to fight back, people usually got very angry. I used to try to fight back my grandfather and defend myself, but he would get very angry. You know, he, he would be offended. And, th- and that's what the whole hypocrisy is about today, you know, is that you know when, when people are like that, they're manipulators, they're liars, they're cheats, they're immorals, you know. They love to get offended when you call them on their crap, right? Like they think like, hey, you know what, I'm in the right. You should not be telling me, you know, what I need to do, right? And that's exactly what I tried to do with my grandfather. Because over years and years of his crap of uh, telling me things, eventually I got older and I woke up somewhat and... I try to call him on it do the exact same thing he was doing to me and he hated it. He hated it, you know. Um, Eventually I had to leave when I was living with my mom, grandfather and sister up until I think 19 and I moved into with my dad, um, which was another horror story in itself. Um, But to a certain degree, it was a little bit better. Um, But it was a different situation where I was living with my father, my grandfather, who was in his 80s at the time, mind you, going through the late stages of Alzheimer's. And I was there to help take care of him. It was a hard situation. Alzheimer's for somebody who's maybe 19 years old, dealing with that, trying to understand it, you know, it's hard to. It's hard to have patience with that. It's hard to have patience with somebody who has, you know, lost control of their senses of of the ability to do things and you have to kind of baby them. And and that was my first step in trying to take care of somebody, to be honest, babying my grandfather, cleaning up after him, you know, is disgusting at times, you know, but I fully understand now because I have a daughter who. I had to do those things for. And I know it's different because it's an adult person, but you know, at some point we all come from children, go to adulthood and go back to children again, you know, and we pray to God that we're not alone. We pray that those in our life are there to take care of us. If we get to a point where we can't take care of ourselves, right? Because who wants to be crapping in their pants, pissing in themselves, and no one's there to help clean you up if you can't do it yourself, right? And that's a very sad reality, right? Because there's a lot of people out there, elderly, who go through that every day, right? There's just nobody around. And it's a big mess and it's a big sad mess. And again, I pray one day that there's my daughter, who hopefully will be around to to be there for me. I really don't want her like, having to worry about taking care of me because that that, you know, is a big inconvenience. You know, I do would like her to, you know, if I'm going to be put in some type of home or if I can't take care of myself, to at least find me one that they take care of me, that they're willing to care for me, you know, in a, in a good way, not beat me or steal from me. Like so many of these places you hear that they do, um, but I, I don't my fear is never to be an inconvenience to my daughter or my wife, you know. You know, I really wouldn't want that, you know. It's not fair to them. It's not fair to my daughter, you know, one day who will grow up, you know, to have to take care of her dear old dad and, you know, see those things, right? I mean, she deserves to have a life of her own. I know what it was like to kind of have your life taken away in a way where you're caring for somebody. And most out there will probably say, Hey, Joseph, that's just a part of life, right? And you got to do it with a big heart since they're your grandfather, your grandmother, your mom, your dad, whoever's going through those things, you have to have a big heart to take care of them uh, because they need you. And they took care of you, Joseph. And I I get that. I I completely get that. But it's not easy. It it puts you through a great deal of stress. I find working with elderly great, but it's also very stressful. And one day I'm going to get there. (laughs) you know. Right now I'm still young. So right now... I'm trying to live my life, but in 20 years from now, which is not that far away, I'll be 60. Even when you start getting in the 50s, it's not that, it's not that you're old, but you're starting to get to the point where you're getting closer. You're starting to get in the point where people in your life start disappearing, start dying away. you know? And it, it seems like this that many, many people are dying earlier these days, right? It, it seems that way, right? I mean, I know we still have people who live in their hundreds, but that's very rare, you know. Um, I guess it's all part of genetics, right, you know. um, My mom died at 56. My grandmother died at 55. Um, My aunt died in her um, 40s, you know. Both aunts died in their, I think one aunt was in her 50s or 40s, late 40s. So they died very young, you know. My grandfather, on the other hand, um, both living into their 80s, right? But they both experience Alzheimer's. So that's something that I worry about, I'm concerned about, that I could get later in life, you know? That's why we need to prepare, you know? Um, But what was I saying? Yes, not to get off topic, is that, you know, the new job, you know, definitely different. It's gonna have some ups and downs. It's gonna have some learning curves along the way, um, but there's also gonna be people who just don't like me, for whatever reason, and they passively aggressively treat me in a way that they show it. And when I try to call them on it, obviously they get offended. Um, I called my coworker on it; she got offended on it, and I and you know she felt I was attacking her or whatnot, and I was trying to ruin her reputation and. You know, and um, and I'm not, obviously. You know, I'm trying to survive like anybody else. I'm trying to do my job. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to make it so I'm, I don't get canned, you know. But at the same time, I don't want to be an a-hole to people. But I am, will not let people walk over me or undermine me. I am not a child, people. I understand when you're 20s, you don't want that either. You don't want people to think you're dumb, you're lazy, and you maybe have to work hard. And I understand in a way where this person's coming from. I was 20. I was working hard. I was pushing myself. I was like, work, work, work. I need to focus, 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 you know? But there's something valuable that I learned along the way. No one gives a damn. As much as we like to think that oh, our bosses care about us, that management company cares about us, it's all business. If I don't do my job, somebody else will, right? Yeah, that's right. I'm expendable. Everybody is. Even the people that you think that aren't, they are expendable. So, you know, I understand over a lifetime, lifetime ago that, you know, I'm expendable. That regardless, the company is going to make decisions in, uh, um, of whatever I do. If I do a great job, yeah, they could still get rid of me. They could say goodbye. Boom, you're gone. You know, I could still work late nights. I could still work, you know, 16-hour days. And the company will still say, you know what, Joseph? Thanks, but no thanks. We're going to let you go and have a nice day, right? What's the point? What's the point? Well, the point is learning, I guess, right? The point is we, are, we go to work to learn. We, learn. we go to work to be productive. We go to work to make money for somebody else. And I wish I had the urge to go do things on my own, younger. If I try now, yeah, I could probably still be an entrepreneur. (laughs) But my family would suffer because it would take money. (laughs) It would take time. And we're not in a position where um, we'll just be okay with one income right now, you know? Um, So, difficult. I have to make good choices, right? I have to pick companies that I feel will help me learn, but will also help me move up. If I choose companies where they're just going to undermine me or underutilize me, excuse me, let me use that term, um, then I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm going to stay stuck. And that's not what I've been pushing for all these years. I don't want to be stuck anymore. I was stuck for many years. You know you see people today um, my wife works part-time in McDonald's, right? She just works part-time, and she's older. she's not twenties, obviously, but a lot of these younger generations working tw- you know working at McDonald's for like 10 years, and I'm like, what the hell is that? huh? How can you work for McDonald's for 10 years? McDonald's, obviously McDonald's will never go out of business. But who wants to work for McDonald's for 10 years, making low wages, feeling like they're going to get somewhere, when deep down McDonald's doesn't give a damn about you? They may make you a supervisor. They even may make you a manager. But that's the farthest you're going to go. It's very rare that you reach the top of the corporate ladder in McDonald's. And along the way, you're going to be paid crap wages. For what? when you could be doing something else out there, making a better income, contributing more to society instead of wasting your time at McDonald's. And, you know, I don't think my my wife's job is a waste because she has a different purpose there. Her purpose is to gain some skill sets because she's been out of the workforce for some time, so that's her purpose. And then she'll move on to something else, something better. Um, where you have a lot of youth today who are like their 20s, you know, in college, and that's understandable. They're going to work at McDonald's because of the hours. But once they graduate, they should not be working at McDonald's. They should be going somewhere else. But again, that's kind of society we live in. I think the average age of someone working at McDonald's is like 34 years old. I, I probably would have killed myself by now if I'd been working at McDonald's at 34 years old. I would have been. Like, where the hell is my life? What the hell did I do with my life? I mean, I'm stuck at McDonald's. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm better than you because or that because I have a better job or I'm a better human that, you know, we all want to think like, OK, well, it's McDonald's. It's, it's a job. You know, there's honor in the job. And yes, there is honor in the job because they are. It's a job. You know, the the janitor, so to speak is not higher than CEO, right? Although, in society, we will put the the CEO always higher than a janitor because the janitor is, so to speak, expendable, right? The janitor, somebody could come, they could get a janitor anywhere. But can they get a CEO anywhere? Possibly. Possibly not, right? That's why we put so much emphasis on people of power. You know, oh, well, they can't do what other people can do. They 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 are just a special breed of people, you know. Uh, And that's kind of where the problem is today with society and work, is that those who do certain jobs will never get the respect that they hope for. You know, those who work at McDonald's, who work at grocery stores, who work uh, as garbage men, you know, janitors, may not all get the respect that they deserve. You know why? Because we're, it's all built in, in the system of society, you know? Nobody wants a janitor to, ha- to show, have more value than the CEO, you know? Because if that was the case, yeah, we would have much more respect for them, right? And, I, and don't get me wrong. I respect the janitor. They have an important job, right? Because not all of us are going to clean up after ourselves. Not all of us are going to pick the trash off the floor or clean the toilets you know, no one wants to do that, right? But somebody has to. And somebody brave enough to do those, you know? You know, certain jobs, right? So, you know, and again, there's no harm, excuse me, Um, there's no, I'm trying to think what the word I want to use, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with having those jobs. Right, but society will make you feel like there's something wrong, that you're lower than them. Oh, you, I'm a, an attorney, and you're just a janitor, right? You're nothing. You know, you didn't go to school. You didn't do what I had to do. You didn't fight for for what I had to do. But we don't know what that person had to do. That janitor, right? We don't know how how hard they had to fight. We don't know that, um, they work. 12-hour days to keep uh, something clean, right, for all of us, right? I hope in this whole pandemic, you know, people hopefully had an appreciation for all the jobs, like the McDonald's workers, like the fast food, like the supermarkets who are put out there in the risk to serve us, right? Because we still we needed them. We all need to eat, right, you know? We all need things. We all need the store. We all need to go somewhere. And those people relatively get paid low wages to put themselves at risk for our benefit. Right? Should they? No. Absolutely not. Right? They should not. But what else is the other choice? Right? What else? What other choice do we have here? Right? Right? so where where do we go from here you know you know so whenever i'm in a position i really generally want to stay there for a long period of time i want stability you know when you get to a certain point like i am 40 years old you really don't want to be job hopping too much because you're gonna to get to the point where you're gonna job hop your last job and then you're gonna like you're gonna have a really difficult time okay but at least if I go to another job, it's a step up, you know, it's not trying to go to step down. And that's really what my whole goal is. To push myself towards, you know, I think it all should be for all of us, obviously. But everyone has different lives, different situations, different wants, different needs. Um, some of us don't like to work as much. Some of us do, you know, So make a real effort to have a very minimal work schedule that they live off the bare minimum that they need uh, because they want more free time. You know, there's a lot of moms and dads don't work, you know, purposely because they take care of the kids. That's something that that's an honorable job. That's something my wife did for for and she does today, but she works in the evenings that she takes care of our daughter, but she wasn't working for close to six years because she was taking care of my daughter mean there for her you know yeah could we have gone and she ha- could have gone to work and put her in daycare possibly yes that was obviously a decision that we made together that you know thinking about the income that she would make versus paying for daycare and if it would be beneficial you know financially or would we just be giving all our money to daycare you know which daycare is obviously very expensive you know If if for those who are out there, but you know what, we made a tough choice. It hurt us in the long run because we had lack of funds, money, at times. Um, But my daughter is well grounded, intelligent, hardworking, and I think we made a good choice after after this. You know, I know it was hard. It was a sacrifice, right? Things we all have to think about, you know, uh, or make choices on, but. You know, so going back to my discussion with work is that, yeah, we have to decide, okay, well, what choices will we make? So, you know, right now, like I said, it was was a tough week. Butt heads with one of my coworkers. Had a conversation with my supervisor. It wasn't the most pleasant because, yeah, there were things that really bothered me that my coworker did. Um, I felt the need to approach my supervisor. I didn't really want to approach this individual. You know, I really didn't want to. I didn't smear her name. I just put out there what was going on, what I felt was almost like, felt like an injustice in a way. You know, there's one thing I hate. When coworkers, people try to take things away from me. You know, that crap won't fly with me. I don't care if you feel like You have the best intentions where you're just trying to help out. Don't take my stuff away. Don't take my work away. Don't try to take things away from me. Don't do it. It's going to piss me off. And it's going to make me angry. And that's things that people like to do. All my life, people have been taking things away from me. I feel my grandfather, you know, November they took away my job. They felt that boom, you're gone. You know. That broke me in a way. You know, um, and I know it's kind of a fact of life, right? Things like that happen. You lose jobs. You know. It's, you know, there's that's just the way. That's kind of what we live in today. People are forty million people right now are out of jobs right now, so to speak. You know, so. Really trying to make the best of it. One of those areas that I've really, really been focused on in my life is my faith. Right? So my faith... I became a born-again believer in um, 2008, 2009. Right around the time I met my, my future wife. Right? Working for a company, met a coworker who introduced me um, to my future wife. The co-worker was still very new. I didn't know her. Got to know her over time. This woman was a destroyer because she just wanted to destroy me and my wife's relationship. Almost from day one in a way. Like she was jealous. And it almost did too. Um, me and my wife were both, you know, we we weren't really into relationships. I was older. We were both older. So we both lived a life of almost like solitude, focused on meeting the right people, friendships. I didn't really have a lot of friends back then. I still don't do to this day. I can't really say if I have a real close friend who I can run to or, you know, go to. Some do. I I mean, there's some that are text message away and they give me great words of wisdom, kindness. And yeah, they're a friend. But the friendships I've always looked for is somebody to really spend time with me. Go to a movie, you know. um, Go to a restaurant. And I've had friends in the past like that. Mostly female. But again, they disappear. They go on living their lives. They go into relationships. They all have kids. They, you know. Um, and kind of leave me to my own devices. So in 2008-2009, I, I was going to church because I was invited. I went to um, Calvary Chapel Downey, because I lived close by. Church I've driven by probably like hundreds and thousands of times, literally. And finally went there, and I just felt like I needed to that what I was missing in my life. That missing something more. And I gave my life to the Lord. And for those who know what that feels like, it's a special feeling. You know, I'm sorry. It was so special, but I don't remember the exact date. I'm sorry. You know, I, I, I didn't write it down. You know, I was a young believer. Still learning. Yearning for the word of the... Word of God I would go to Bible studies I would go to retreats I would really want to learn and I focused on my relationship with God and he changed my life around in a positive way and it's been like that since I every day I look to the Lord But you know, I'm like anybody else. I make mistakes. I sin in my life. And then I go right back to the Lord and ask for his forgiveness. And he forgives me. I believe he does. But I try to change. And I try to focus on the Bible. The Bible, excuse me. The Word of God, you know? And because his words have meaning, the Bible is a living, breathing book. And that's not my opinion. That's the truth. And everything in the Bible, everything, every situation in, that you go through in this life is in the Bible. God has prepared this book to prepare us, right? And many out there are skeptical of the Bible, obviously. Many put down the Bible. Many, some people burn the Bible. Some people trash it, talk poorly of it, you know. Um The one argument you always say Well the Bible wasn't written by God It was written by men You know all men You know Yes it was written by men But it was inspired by God Because God inspired them To write what God wants to put on these pages You know this is the The best selling book in the world To be honest the Bible And you, if you look through the Bible The things in here Are not things that man would normally think of. They're driven by God. They're provided by God's Word. They have sensitivity, kindness, wrath, everything that God wants to know about you, know about Him, which is Jesus. Old Testament and New Testament, right? Calvary Chapel Downey is a non-denominational church. I still watch online Pastor Jeff Johnson. So he is an incredible pastor in my view. He's an older pastor, but he still maintains a truth to the word of God. And so it's important to know that, you know, when I go through the book of, I rely on this book for answers. And someone might say, well, Joseph, how do you get an answer from the Bible? You know, when you just turn to a page and I lost my job. Okay, what, what do I do? Where, where do I go to tell me how how do I find another job? Well, Obviously, it doesn't work that way. It can in some instances, you know. But certain situations, you just have to read through it. You have to let what's called the Holy Spirit guide you into that book, you know. Wisdom and wisdom and wisdom and wisdom and wisdom fills this book, you know, um, through everything. So, for instance, i give you an example here. If you go through Proverbs, which is like... There is a proverb for every single day of the month, you know? So, for instance, what are we on today? We are on... 12th day, 13th? Let's see. So let's see if we go to Proverbs 13, for instance. Alright. A wise man heeds his father's instructions, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. A man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. So looking at that, and this is in Proverbs 13, right, 1 through 3, Though that small proverb right there is very wise, right? And it's very true. The soul of the unfaithful. So, those who are unfaithful feed on violence, right? Those who guard their mouth preserve their faith or their life. And those who open wide their lips shall have destruction. How many times do you see when people open their mouth that destruction, garbage just comes out of it, right? It just spews garbage, and look at what's happening today in our country, right? When people just shut their mouths, be quiet, and maybe that's the problem. People don't want to be quiet, and sometimes you don't want to be quiet because of injustice. But you know, God is our our refuge. God is the person who is going to take care of our needs. Yes, there is injustice in the world. There is things that horrible things that happen in our world today. Injustices, racism, prejudices. Uh, murder, hate, you know. God knows about those things. He sees it every day. But when we rely on Him, for instance, for guidance, and you're filled with His Spirit to know what to do, what's right, then you kind of have this peace. You have this peace. Um, so, and... It's important to know you know how to get that peace and that peace comes with time but you can have the peace and it's it's it it, it should come to you if you are sincere and you give your life to Jesus which is not an easy thing sometimes. It's not, but I highly encourage you to look, open the Word of God. Attend a message if you don't. You know, I recommend Calvary Chapel Downey. That's my church, but you can choose any church you want, wherever you're at. You know. In the world, you know, but this is the book I rely on for my faith. What makes me so angry today is um, you see people who are who say they're faithful, that they love God, and they're total complete hypocrites. And I know, in some way, we are all hypocrites in this world, right, as Christians. Nobody is perfect. Nobody is perfect. Only God is perfect. But what makes me angry is you look at a church that many of them I've attended, large churches with 10,000 members, and they continue to spew hate, spew anger. Follow a president... Who they feel is ordained by God to be here for their benefit, right? I don't believe that. I don't believe Trump is ordained by God. Yes, God put him here. He allowed it because God has the ability to put kings, queens in place and take them out in this world. One day Trump is not going to be in office. One day he's going to be gone. It could be November. It could be four years from now, five years from now. He has a limit to how long he's going to be in his presidency, right? It's all in the picture of what we do at that time. Do we rely on God or do we rely on man? Well, many people are relying on him, relying on what he's going to do for us as Christians, Right? Um, and that's what angers me. It's not angers me that the fact that, you know, if God wants to use him, Trump, to do things for the body of Christ, that's fine. Let God use him. But he has destroyed the republic when many Christians are stupid enough to think, well, he's actually helped it. We are far worse off four years from uh, from four years ago that we are today. Okay, and any Christians are going to disbelieve that. They're going to be like, um, "No, we we are in a better place. We are in a much better place than we were before." You know, because oh, he's fought for our free, religious freedoms. He's fought for abortion. He's fought for our relationship with Jerusalem. He's fought for um, many different things. So. You know, to a certain degree, yeah, maybe he has fought for the Christian. But in the in in the whole process of that, he's also spewed hate, he's also spewed hate racism, he's also spewed, um, you know, just going on with things at our border, caging thousands of kids, innocents. When we have an asylum system, we have a system set up in place in this country, to protect the vulnerable, but that's not important to him, is it? And what makes me angry is that we have Christians today who want to fight for the unborn. But what about the born out there? What about the kids that are having injustices, being raped, being abused by people in our system, the government? People who are in detention and being abused only for the fact that they just want to come here and build a better life. You know, it's that simple, people. Yeah, there are some bad apples out there. There are people who generally... Maybe they do want to hurt our country because they hate it, but a majority of those people are good people. They're just hardworking people, and why? How should I know? Because I know people who've done it. Okay, I've known people like that, and they just want to work. The reality is, if you go to another country, yeah, you could blame that country. Well, you you need to have them. You know, the other country that they come from. They need to focus on helping their people. Well, what if they don't? Huh? What are you supposed to do? Wait around for it? Or do you take action? Do you take the action and go? I believe you go and take action. I would do it. I don't care. But many people in America don't understand that, see? Many people don't understand that. Many of the people who come to our country, yes, they're from Mexico. They're from Central America. They're from South America. They're from China. They're from India. They're from Africa. They're, they're not just... They're all from all over. They are all... Most of them have a purpose of wanting to better life, right? And many of them come here for to seek asylum because of the hardships that people should not be going through in their life. How would you like to walk down the street and be potentially murdered? How would you like to be robbed every day by doing simple things, by taking a bus if you have to get to work? How would you like to start a business and be extorted every single day um, for your profits? If not, they kill you, right? You You think that's... You think that's living life? You think people should, should be wanting to go through that? You think, think people should just put up with it? No. When governments stop caring, when governments stop putting their citizens first, then people have to take a stand and do things on their own. That's why they come here. Because we have a rule of law here. We have a rule of protection. And many people think, oh, we're full. You know, we, we don't have room for those people. Yeah, we do. We have so much waste that goes on in this country with food, right? With um, bureaucracy, things that we waste so much money on today, but yet we can't help them. But there's one thing I agree with, right? One of the arguments is, well, we should be helping our own people first. Yeah, I agree to that. You know, there's a lot of homeless out there, right? They need help too. But you know what? It's not going to make a difference until we as a country start caring and start putting certain things aside.